Welcome to the dark side of travel. So you've dared to come jaunt with me. Thank you. Let me introduce myself. I'm Courtney Maroc, Ambassador of Dark and Paranormal Tourism for Haunt Jaunts, a destination for restless spirits who dig hauntings, true crime, horror, Halloween, and weird days. I'll be your host and guide for this listening adventure. Looks like we've been cleared for takeoff, so buckle up, sit back, and enjoy the ride. I'm very pleased to bring this interview with Rick McCallum to you in two parts because Rick and I, we like to talk, the both of us, and then you put us together and we talk a lot. So it we ended up talking for over two hours and it was so much fun. I, I didn't edit. I just wanted the the interview to run in its entirety. So I thought, well, two hours is a little long on people's ears. So I'm splitting it up into two parts. We about an hour each. One's maybe a little longer, one's a little shorter, but you'll get a taste of Rick and he's he's awesome. So I hope you enjoy this two-parter as much as I do. Here's the first part and then if you care to keep listening, you can binge and binge away on the second part, but here we go. Okay, so I'm really excited because um, oh crud, you know what I forgot to ask you before I started this? Because I always say your last name wrong. Um, so how McCullum. do I say it? McCollum? McCollum. McCollum. Okay. So I'm really, <laughs> I just know him as Rick. So I'm really always messed up if I have to say his last name, but he's so awesome. When I had the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Hot Junk radio show, he was on and we had a great talk. So we keep in touch sporadically online. So tonight, um, we're talking, I don't know when this will air cause we're not live, but, um, he, we're just going to have a chat. So hi, Rick. Well, hello, mother hello. of Lori Floyd. <laughs> she says hi, by the way. Hello, Lori, my favorite <laughs> ghost. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, and, uh. Let me see. Um, I love that book, by the way. In case the people who are going to listen to this don't know, Courtney Mrock wrote a book called uh, Lori Floyd, and uh, it's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Check you out. Giving me a sale job when I'm the one. I want to give you the Mr. Hollywood Ghost Hunter. <laughs> well, yeah, but I had to talk about my crush, Lori Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> one of your many, because we know there's a couple other ones. <laughs> Well, there's a few others. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Um, you know, so the, the old saying is when you're not uh, occupied by uh, girls, you're usually preoccupied by girls. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just made that up. We should make that into a bumper sticker. I agree. I was like, I haven't heard that one, and I don't know how, because that's kind of true. I mean, it can go for, for girls, too, you know, like the opposite with boys. So. Well, I used to say all the time, all those people who are preoccupied with sex are probably not occupied by sex. <laughs> that was probably the reason. <laughs> exactly. That's what happens. Uh, I guess it's happened to me many a time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And here we go. <laughs> but so what's been going on? Anything with the with the Hollywood Ghost Hunters? 
Uh, not Halloween so much with Halloween. that because, well, Halloween oh. is uh, for me. I hide inside the house. I mean, it's oh. like uh, you know, it's amateur night for me. I'm hiding. I'm way in the back under the covers. I've got all the lights out. <laughs> so no candy from you, huh? No, well, actually, I live in a security building. They can't get in. So oh, I've oh, lived okay. in this building for 28 years. One kid came. <gasps> wow. And I think he was my neighbor, so I didn't oh. answer because I didn't have any candy because nobody ever comes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, okay, so, so what were you? kid that finally made it here, I didn't, I, I stiffed him. He's like, what the <laughs> heck, Mr. Rick? I, was, I thought, you know, I'd, I'd open the door and give a couple bucks. And then I figured right after that I'd have five, 600 oh. people standing outside. So I said, eh, let's not do that. Let's just not answer the door. No, you would have adults dressed up as kids. <laughs> I know <laughs> around here. <laughs> and and what about what I interrupted you about? I had asked you about the Hollywood Ghost Hunters, and I interrupted you. But what did you, you were going to say? You said yes, but well, uh, yeah, the Hollywood Ghost Hunters. Uh, we're in three different parts of the country most of the time, so it's hard for us to get together. You know, to get oh, a good I ghost didn't hunt. realize that. Well, you know, Kane is is uh, doing movies all the time, so he's always off somewhere, or he's at a convention. RA's either a convention or he's doing a movie, and I'm either doing a movie or I'm in Scotland or Ireland or England or some other place that I'm off talking oh. to dead people. Uh, oh, my gosh. And you, you went back there, didn't you, this year to Scotland this summer? Oh, yeah. I went to, to Scotland. Well, I went back in May uh, to uh, Scotland and Ireland where I got to ghost hunt two of the most iconic locations. One was the Hellfire Club, and the other was Lep Castle. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, Had you been to either it, one before? No, I hadn't. Uh, what's really interesting is that my relative was a member of the Hell, Hellfire Club. Wow. And when we got there, it's at the top of like a mile and a half high walk. you got to walk up this mountain to get to this place. And it's like a granite building. It's really, really kind of cool. But we got up there, and uh, I was with Scottish Paranormal, which is a phenomenal group, which I'm – Lucky to be a lifetime honorary member and in the in their Paranormal Hall of Fame, by the way. Wow! Let me pat my back here. Yeah, that's right. Um, but anyway, yeah, very good ghost hunting group. But we get up there, and one of the guys who who builds equipment had built a Frank's box, and uh, he was trying to get you know some communications going, and nothing was happening. Uh, so I just walked over and said, "Do you mind if I try?" And he goes, go ahead. So he was standing there, and a girl named Eileen Murray was standing there. And I said, hi, my name is Rick. I came all the way from the United States to talk to my relative, John Wilkes. And it, like it generally does, it said a couple words that made no sense at all. And then I said, uh, yeah, I just came to say hello, right? And it goes, relative? And I mean, their eyes both pop open. And I wow. said, yeah, I'm your relative, right? I said, just came to say, you know, say hello. And it says something else, and it goes, hi, Rick. And then the other, like, what is going on here, right? So I asked him, I said, look, if you really are my relative, I want to know if this story is true, because if you did this, I'll know for sure that you're my relative, because I would have done it. Did you really dress a baboon up like Satan and turn him loose into the club? And it goes, and it goes, baboon. And they just they just freaked out. I said, uh, you know, then, then it stopped. We got no more no conversation after that. But uh, 
I told him, I said, what are the chances of me saying my name's Rick, I'm from America, I'm your relative, and I just wanted to say hi, and then it would say in, you know, the body of what we were talking about would say relative, hi, Rick, and baboon. I mean, when, when was the last time anybody, I'm listening to this, ever heard baboon come through a spirit box? Oh, my gosh. That's, a, that's an amazing – have you ever – so, well, first of all, is that is that true? Did you – I mean – I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, no, no, it is a true story. Matter of fact, it, it uh, launched a, practically a war in England. Uh, <gasps> the Earl of Sandwich went after him to try to destroy him, and he was actually the Lord Mayor of, of uh, London, and he was a member of Parliament. So he was, uh, you know, pretty pretty big in the uh, in the place himself. So I mean, they had like a battle because. What happened is that when the baboon came in, there the place was full of hookers and stuff. That's the whole the whole idea. There it was all about debauchery at this place. That's why it's up on the top of a hill, a mile and a half up, and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, when the baboon come running in, dressed like Satan, the Earl of Sandwich hid behind two of the uh, of the hookers and shoved them towards it and said, "Here, take them. They're bigger sinners than I am," and just became the laughing stock of of the whole place and then he just declared war on John Wilkes. <laughs> that is awesome. What an awesome like and I'm I'm assuming did you ever get to meet him in real life or no? Oh no no, he was alive in the 1700s. Oh, this is a long long time ago. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking like it was like the 19 19- 20s or something. I was like, I can just imagine your family reunions and the laughing going on and the praying. Well, well, if you really want to know about my family, now here's here's the thing that is a true story that happened in, in, in Scotland. There were two groups of roughly 30 men each, and they were going to a place where they had to, one had to give way to the other to cross, and neither side would give way. So they drew their swords and went to went to socking it out and at the end of the day there were only two left alive. Oh. And the two the two were pretty much beat up themselves and they were laying there and they started talking and they found out that both groups were McCullum family going to a reunion. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so so they actually call it over two things. It's either the battle of the fools or the battle of the idiots. So oh that's my. that's my that that's my lineage. Guy that throws baboons and you know Satan clothes and uh, guys who kill each other you know family because they don't want to let anybody go by. Of course, oh they didn't God. know each other because they come from different parts of the country, you know. Oh, so they is... didn't know. And they didn't have Facebook so. back then, so. Oh no, no, they barely had faces <laughs> back then. <laughs> <laughs> so was and that? Definitely no, no books either. No, and you had. A lot of experiences and and really other great you know stories and um, things that have happened while you've been on Ghost Hunts. But was this one? I mean, first of all, it's so personal because it it could have been your family member coming through. But um, is that like one of the best? Um, what do you call it? A well, box? Is that is that one of the best ones you've had? Well, uh, just as far as. Uh getting uh, feedback, you know, instant feedback, that was probably the best one. I mean, when you could get him to say baboon, you know, that's and, amazing. Uh, and actually say hi, Rick, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. But 
this isn't to brag. It's just something that everybody says that anybody ghost hunts with me will tell you this. Wherever I go, if there's a spirit box there, it will call out my name. Oh, wow. All the time. Everywhere we go. Right? I, I go to um, the Pioneer Saloon a lot. And not only does it call out my name, you, it calls out my name out loud where you can hear it. Oh. And, I mean, it's, it's every single time I've been there. Now, I've been there like half a dozen times. Oh, my gosh. Is that the one that's in uh, um, Arizona? No, it's in Good Springs, Nevada, about 30 miles from, uh, from Las Vegas. That was going to be my other, because that was the one where you got really kind of sick, right? Something. Oh, Ooh. yeah, that was, that was not good. Uh, I've had something attached to me twice. Ooh. That was the first one. Um, it was really weird. We went in there, and we all sat down for this ghost hunt. And there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of things happen inside the uh, Pioneer Saloon. There's been murders. There's been gunfights. The guys got killed. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually the place where uh, Clark Gable sat at the bar for three days waiting for his wife's body, Carol Lombard, who was in a plane crash behind the building up on the mountain. Oh. So he just, he just sat there smoking and drinking at the, at the bar for three straight days. So it's actually it's a really really interesting place, and I've had a lot of stuff happen there. But what actually happened one day is we went in, and there were two circular tables, and I was sitting next to Jill, who runs the haunted lockdown, and I had my K2 meter out in front of me. And this girl, who was one of the guests, had a K2 meter. She put it next to mine because just where she was sitting next to me, the tables curved, and she didn't have any table to put anything on. You know what I mean? There's just like an empty space where she was sitting. So um, there's two K2 meters in front of me. They've got REM pods up. They've got all kinds of stuff up. Nothing's going off except for the two K2 meters in front of me. And they're like, what's going on here? So then we hear Rick out loud, right? And then we hear Rick through the spirit box. Oh, my gosh. And all, and all of a sudden, all 10 lights start lighting up on the two K2 meters. And Jill says, wow, she says, uh, seems like the spirits really like you. And I mean, just before she said that, something hit me, and I almost threw up on the table. And I'm not oh, kidding. I mean, I had to clench my teeth. And, and I mean, oh, gosh. I got so instantly sick. I mean, my head, you know, just started pounding, my stomach, you know. I was just sitting there, and I just looked over at him. And it's actually on video. You can find it on YouTube, uh, you know, if you just look up uh Rick McCollum, uh, Pioneer Saloon. And it actually has some really cool uh, voices that you can hear on this tape. Um, because I sit there and I go, uh, she says, I, or Jill says, it seems like the, the spirits really like you. And I just looked over and said, I'm not so sure they do. And on the, uh, the tape, you can hear, we do a girl's name, right? A girl's voice say that. And I said, she goes, what's wrong? And she could tell something was wrong. I said, touch my forehead. And she did. She goes, oh, my God, you're like a block of ice, right? She goes, you're, you're freezing. I said, yeah, something, something's got hold of me. And the girl next to me put her arm on my forearm, and she goes, wow, you are like a block of ice. So I got to I said, guys, I got to go outside. I am really sick. So I go out, and there's a girl sitting facing away from me, and I'm about a foot behind her as I walk. And she, you can hear her say, I can feel him from here. Holy crap. Right? So I get outside, and I'm out there for like 10 minutes, and I'm trying to 
regroup. And finally, I started to feel a little better. And Jill comes out. She goes, do you want to come back in? I said, yeah, let's try it. And I walked in the door, and it was like a tsunami of sickness hit me. So I just looked over, and I said, guys, in all my years of ghost hunting, I've never left a ghost hunt. But I am really sick, and I don't want to ruin this for you guys. So I'm going to take off. And I turn away, and on the tape you can hear it say, a man's voice say, turn Rick back. Right? And you see me stop, and I turn around and look at him. I said, it was fun meeting you guys. And I turn around as I start to walk away. You hear the man's voice say, release him. So that's pretty pretty good. Wow. And is that part of what you can find on the YouTube? Yeah, that's on there somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, if you I look up Pioneer Saloon. It. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Now, uh, the, the words that are being said in the background, I didn't hear them. Pioneers, uh, investigators, you know, went through the audio and put up the things, you know, said this is what it's saying. So, um, oh, wow. But what's really interesting is I called Jill uh, two days later, and I said, Jill, you know how my name got called out twice? We heard it. I mean, everybody heard it. And I said, that one guy that was there with us, he was a magician. She goes, yeah. I said, was he a ventriloquist? And she goes, no, he's not. I said, because I just wanted to see if somebody was messing around with calling my name out, trying to see how I'd react. And she goes, no. She goes, and I can prove it's not him. And I said, how are you going to prove that? She goes, the next two lockdowns we had, your uh, name got called out again. I said, really? She goes, yeah. She says, the next two lockdowns, we heard your name called out. And he wasn't there for the next two? No. And I wasn't there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But what was funny, there's a girl named Ruby. I mean, it's not funny, but she was murdered. She was a bartender. She was murdered at the Pioneer Saloon. And it appears that Ruby has taken a liking to me. Um, Because I go in there, and I I took my evil stepmother with me. Right, We went there, and we had a little ghost hunt with the other people, and we're sitting around the table, and once again, they've got all the stuff up, right? And they actually have this on there, too. They start with this spirit box, and she goes, who's here? And it goes, Ruby, right? And she goes, and I think, can't remember exactly what she said. She says, like, guess who's here? And you hear the voice go, Rick, (laughs) right? And then she goes, she goes, yeah, your boyfriend's here, and all of the lights, every single thing on the table went full power and went, and everybody just started laughing. Oh, know? my gosh. So even in the afterlife, you have a fan club. Well, Ruby likes me, so <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. But um, the other attachment that I had um, was terrifying. Oh, I mean, it's, it, I've never had anything happen like this. I don't want it to happen to me again. I don't want it to ever happen to anybody else. Um, when we left the Hellfire Club, we got into the car, and I felt like a dull ache in, behind my eye, in my right eye. And I looked over at the guy that was driving us over to Left Castle. And I looked at him. I said, dude, there's something wrong. Because when I said, there's something really wrong, I can feel it. And he says, uh, he wrote in, in my book, you know, it's the last thing in the book. He says, Rick's not like that. He, and he said, he told us, he goes, I'm very apprehensive that something's going to happen at Lep Castle. And he says, if you know Rick, he's not afraid of anything. 
and he says, so for him to be apprehensive, we were all kind of nervous. So we get there, and uh, we're there about an hour early. We're there like 11 at night. So we park out on the street out in front, which is out in the middle of nowhere, and there's the famous Lep Castle. You know, some people say it's the most haunted place in the world. Um, I didn't find it to be so. I found it to be very haunted, but not the most haunted But anyway, we're standing outside, and we get out, and it's cold and windy, and I'm like, oh, this feels pretty good. You know, I'm a California boy. This feels kind of refreshing. So they jump back in the car. There's three of them in the car, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the way I described it to them that night, it felt like somebody took a spear and rammed it through my right eye, and it went out the back of my head. Ow! I mean, I immediately grabbed my eye. Water was gushing out of it, and it almost knocked me unconscious to the point that I was staggering backwards across the across the uh, street. Oh my God. And I started to fa- I started to fall, and then I thought to myself, "Dude, you're a stunt guy. Just pick a nice spot and fall down." Oh. Right? And just as I started to fall, a voice I heard in my head said, "If you hit the ground, you'll never get up." And I was like, well, then I'm going to do everything I can not to hit this ground. <laughs> and I was able to catch my balance a little bit and then staggered back to the car and grabbed onto it. And, I mean, I was out of it. Uh, the guy started screaming. He saw me in the mirror, and he gets out, and he was calling for me. And it sounded like he was a half a mile away, but he was at the front of the car, and I was at the back. Oh, my gosh. Okay? And finally I just mumbled to him. I said, uh, I'm Okay. And he comes back and he goes, even he, he wrote his version of what happened too, and it's it's terrifying. But he goes, uh, he says, Rick was standing there looking into the back of the car at nothing. And he just was locked in there like there was something in there. He said, uh, so I gave him some water and told him to get back in the car. And he says, no, I don't want to get in the car. I want to stay out here. I want the cold and the wind. Maybe it will make me feel better because I was still busy. I was, I was you know, I was still really affected by whatever it was. So finally, uh, he looks back out a few minutes later and they don't see me. So they get out of the car and I was hanging onto the side of the car. And he said that I was white as an envelope. And he says, and the way you were trying to breathe, he says, just going, (laughs) he says, we could tell that you weren't breathing. He says, and my first thought, he says, you're hanging there trying not to fall off the car. He says that if you fell to the ground, that would be it. Oh, wow. And he, so you hadn't had a chance to tell them yeah, we what you had thought, right? Yeah, I hadn't told him. I hadn't told him anything, wow. right? And matter of fact, I was trying to downplay it a little bit because they were really scared. And, of course, they weren't anywhere near as scared as I was because something bizarre and really bad was going on. So finally I get into the car. It's our turn to go into Left Castle. We drive up in front, and they all get out. And Gregor, the head of uh, Scottish Paranormal, says, who is that guy just walked by the car? And it's on a gravel driveway, so you can hear the gravel when someone's walking around. And they said, there's nobody out there because it's like a big courtyard. There's nobody here. So they go inside, and I said, look, guys, just leave me out here and let me relax and try, you know, get my wits about me. So, I, I, and I'm, gonna, I'm warning everybody who's listening to this. This is going to sound melodramatic. It's going to sound like bullshit. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not telling you half of what happened to me. Okay, because there's some things that happened to me I'm not going to tell anybody. But I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, everything in front of me just starts wobbling. And I'm just sitting still in a car. I'm looking out the window, and, I mean, everything starts wobbling. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, that dark circle that they use on the movies and it goes and closes. Yeah. yeah. That started happening with my vision. And then I felt everything in me just go like all the energy flowed out of me. And I'm just sitting there and the, the thought came to me and I know I know I'm exactly right. And I just went, I'm dying. And I was positive and I was there's no other way of talking about it. When the lights start to go out, all the energy goes out and you're just laying there, you know, laying back in the car. And I was positive. I said, I'm freaking dying. And then I said, I said out loud, I said, you know what? I've lived a good life. I've seen most of what I want to see. If today's the day I'm okay with it. And I just kind of leaned back and in a few minutes I started feeling better. And the guys had been coming out from time to time and peeking the window to make sure I wasn't dead. And just to show you how scared they were, they went into the Lord of the Castle and they said, you should probably have an ambulance standing by. We don't think Rick's going to make it. Oh, my God. And he even wrote down, he says, Rick was a lot worse off than he let on. And he says that he was, you know, rapidly, you know, going farther down down the rabbit hole. And I didn't want everybody to get scared and stuff, but there, there is no doubt in my mind it within a couple of minutes, I would have died. I mean, you get that feeling in your whole body, your mind, everything knows it. But what was so funny, it was very peaceful. I was like, okay, this is it. All right. Yeah. Okay. And then I felt better. And then as I'm starting to feel better, I'm, I'm sit up and I'm looking around and I hear somebody walking on the gravel, which I'd heard several times when they would come up to peek in on me. And I looked out the window, and there's nobody there. There's nobody in the courtyard or anything, and I could still hear the walking on the gravel. So it was very similar to what happened to Gregor, you know. Oh, so anyway, wow. they came, and I, I got out of the car, went inside, and I, I felt better after a little bit. And I actually ghost hunted the place and everything else. We stayed there overnight. I slept in a chair sitting up with a comforter over me so I looked like a ghost sitting there because <laughs> it was cold you know it was cold and I didn't want to lay on the ground right oh my but god anyway, but anyway the story continues right I, I was trying to think boy what could have possibly happened well Allie who's like one of the big guys in Scottish paranormal uh, sends me a message he goes you're not going to believe this I said what and he goes I just found out that at the Hellfire Club, two guys had a duel. One guy got shot through the right eye and died. Oh, my gosh. So what I really think happened is that guy's spirit attached to me. And I kind of replayed what happened to him. <gasps> and, you know, and it would, you know, he got shot. I, fe- I felt something go through my head. I mean, it was like, oh, right? And did everything I could. I mean, I was wobbling like you couldn't believe, like it looked like Mike Tyson hit me about 10 times. But uh, I don't know if the fact that I just said, you know, if today's the day I'm okay with it, that the spirit or the entity that had hold of me probably went, oh, I'm going too far, right, and let me Uh, loose. Because as soon as I said that, I started feeling better. So I, I know everybody will sit there and say, well, it's not true. It's blah, 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 blah. It's true. It's 100% true, and it's 100% true that I was totally convinced I was going to die. Oh, my God. Well, that's a 
unfortunately, I've been not through a ghost situation, but a health situation where I knew I was, you know, if I didn't go finally seek emergency help, I was going to die. And that it's a, it's a very distinct feeling. So when you were describing it, I was like, holy crap, but that's all, that's not something, I mean, sure you could read about it, but how you were describing it, that's something you experienced. It wasn't something you read about. So that to me yeah. really sent to well, home. I read it. about oh, it. I wouldn't believe it. You know, I wouldn't believe it. Somebody else <laughs> told, told the story. Fortunately, <laughs> I have a, a pretty good reputation for being on the up and up and not telling anybody BS trying, you know, so it's a hundred percent true. It has witnesses. It's uh, bizarre. That's, that's <laughs> bizarre and terrible. I'm just glad you're here. Like I'm listening to that going, Oh my gosh, Rick, you could, like that could have happened. Like you could have just succumbed and not been here right now. Oh, they were, they were terrified too. They they said we were talking inside saying, what are we going to do with these eyes? <laughs> oh, no. You know, I mean, they were they were really concerned. So it's not funny, but it's like I can see them. Like, oh my god, like you, that's something you wouldn't really account for. Like, so how how isolated is left was was would it have been? Like, say say you were having a heart attack or something, or you know, what if that entity had had caused that? Would they have been able to get emergency services out to you? Well, I don't really remember how far out it was because it was dark while we were going there, you know, and uh, it, it was very rural. I mean, we were sitting out like in the middle of nothing. Oh, um, they, I'm sure that they have things that can get places real quickly because, I mean, most places in Ireland and Scotland are kind of rural unless you're right in a town. So um, I don't think they would have got there in time to help me, to be honest with you. Oh, my God. That's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, it, so it, you know, th- there are things out there that, that will mess with you, and people need to be aware of that. Well, And so my friends and I, we've been doing this other podcast, and we, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. It's, we do this. It's called A Haunt Mess. And um, we talked about, like, none of us have ever had something like that but do you do anything to protect yourself before or you know say a prayer wear anything or no i don't and the reason i don't is because i know that i have i don't know how to say this things around me oh like angels or exactly i've had i've had uh, one of them save my life and there's no question about it I mean, it's, I mean, you cannot, there's no other explanation other than my guardian angel saved my life. And uh, it's in the book. If you ever read it, you little scoundrel. Uh, (laughs) Is is your book out? No, not yet. Okay. Okay. Not yet. I I know you want an autographed copy to give to Lori Floyd. I know how you are. (laughs) Oh yeah, she's so excited to have somebody. She's a fan of yours, so. And to the people who are listening, Lori Floyd does not exist. Lori no. Floyd is in a book in a book that that uh, Courtney wrote. So don't don't be looking for pictures of Lori Floyd. There aren't any. <laughs> Gosh, no, that would be 
Now that would be a story. Oh gosh. Yeah, it would be. And uh, wow, I'm just glad. Like because I don't know if you knew my friend Scott Morrow, but he he passed away this year. Um, he had a sudden heart attack. Thank you. And um, and when you were describing your your encounter, I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean that could have that could have been you know that could have been the end of you too. I'm like, my God, my heart's breaking. I'm just glad you're okay. Well, I I had a really tough tough year. I got to tell you, Uh-oh. I mean, a really tough year along with with stuff. Um, when I got back from what happened in Ireland, I was so sick that I lost thirty pounds in five weeks. Holy I mean, when, when I would get to the store, and I, this there's one guy there. His name's Gustavo, and he's one of the meat cutters. And I don't really know him, but he knows me to see me, and I'll say hello to him. He's behind the counter. We never really have talked. But when I came in after after five weeks, I walked in, and he looked at me, and you could just tell from the look on his face, you know. And he says, "Rick, come here." I walked over and said, "Dan." He goes, "Are you okay?" And I said, "Well, I've been sick, Casalo." He looks at me. And he goes, "No, really. Are you okay?" So I mean, the people that I know thought that I had something that was killing me. Oh my gosh. And, you know, I mean, if, and if you look at me, I mean, the pictures, it's like, holy crap. <laughs> you know, I went from, from, you know, from 250 pounds down to 220 pounds with the end of the month. I mean, it's like, yeah, it was like cutting your leg off. I mean, just all of a sudden everything went. So, I mean, th- there was weird things that, that year, you know, um, you know, I had other health scares and, things like that. So, Oh, my gosh. But you're okay now? I am wonderful now. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I am wonderful. It just it just proves that, you know, when I do go, it's going to take something, you know, really to wallop me to finish me off. <laughs> you, know? you just weren't. It wasn't your time. <laughs> I am not going. I got other stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's. I didn't realize all that. I've kind of been you. You're pretty good about posting on Facebook, and I kind of went on a Facebook hiatus for a lot of this year. I just things kept happening, and I wasn't around, and I'd pop on and off. And so, but I so I you might have posted some of that, and I missed because you're pretty good about sharing. And oh my gosh, I actually put up a picture of uh, me and Kat Hobson, um, who's a friend of mine, and she's she's got. a lot of influence in the paranormal world with her own shows. And uh, I was at a celebrity ghost hunt in uh, Tennessee. And, I mean, even even when she first saw me, she's like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? Oh, my and, I mean, gosh. Jack, Jack Kenna, you may know him. Yeah. Um, he's a friend of mine. When he saw me, he's like, man, what is what is going on here? And I was like, I don't know, man. I'm just so sick. And then all of a sudden, it was gone. Oh my gosh! Was that when you? Um, was that in April? Uh, no, that was actually in. Uh, it was uh, towards the end of May. Oh May May May. Did you, did you do? Was that through um, Greg? Um... T T J Justice. Yes! yes. That's that's what you did. Where did you go for that one? That was the distillery That's in right. Tennessee. 
I wanted to go to that, but it sold out, and then I didn't have. Um, I think we were we were going somewhere, and I couldn't make it happen. But I was bummed because I was like, "Dang it, he's right here! You're right here, and I could go see you and hunt with you." And yeah, and you just kicked me to the side like an old shoe. No, never, <laughs> never like that. <laughs> oh like an old God. shoe. No. The one oh the dog had chewed on. No. <laughs> and what about your um, bleeding wall or what your your? Oh, what, what? By, by the way, this 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 is kind of funny. Uh, they came in uh, last week to fix the floors in my apartment because they squeaked and like you couldn't believe it, it was like living in a haunted house. <laughs> so they so they had to tear up all the carpets and put screws in the plywood to keep it from moving up and down and making all the weird sounds. And the guy was sitting there, and he starts talking to me about the paranormal, right? Because I have things up on my walls, and, you know. And he looks at me, and he goes, well, what's the weirdest thing? I said, well, let me show you something. I said, you see this big sword here? It weighs about 25 pounds, and it's mounted on this wooden thing. I said, pull on that. So he pulls on it. I said, you can't pull that down, right? And he says, uh, no. He says, you can't. I said, okay, well, here's the weird thing. And he says, what? I said, look underneath it. And I said, first off, I was in my room behind there, the computer room, and I heard this thing go boom, and I came out, and the sword and the thing, you know, the presentation block of wood that it's on, like I said, this weighs 20 to 25 pounds, was completely across the room on the floor. Oh, my God. And and the way I have it hooked in, I have hooks that aim up. The only way you get that off is to lift it up, okay? Now, the other weird thing is I have a very big candle holder right here i mean a big one it's like a foot high and it's got a great big bowl and stuff and it is only roughly two to three inches underneath the bottom of it so if this thing fell off it would have wiped this thing out that thing was never touched so something actually threw this across the room and i thought okay that's something's trying to catch my attention here so i put it back up and i was sitting there watching tv about two weeks later and I look, and this thing, red, a red streak that looks just like blood, rolls out from behind it and down the wall. So, naturally, I picked it up and took it off, and there's absolutely nothing behind it that would, that would do this. There's nothing there. Oh, right? my gosh. And I still have the blood on the wall. I refuse to get rid of it because I, I want people to see it. But anyway, these guys who were doing the thing, I said, go touch it. I said, it's like a couple of years ago. Go touch it. And I touched it and said, oh, it's sticky. Huh? I said, yeah, it's like blood. <laughs> They're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my guys, uh, Robert Pentagraft, who did all the uh, blood and, and all the makeup, special effects makeup stuff for the Hatchet series of movies that we did, you know, he's, he's in my ghost hunting group. He comes over and he looks and he goes, is that what you're talking about? And I said, yeah. He walks over and he touches it. He goes, wow, it does feel like blood. And he, oh, he wow. takes the sword off and he turns around and he's looking at it. He goes, there's nothing back here that would cause that. And I said, yeah, no, it's bizarre. <laughs> you know, so um, I think something's just trying to get my attention. Oh, that's, have you ever done anything like any EVP sessions or anything? You know, I don't do very many in here, you know, just to be honest with you. Um, I did hit, one that was really weird is 
when they inducted me into their paranormal hall of fame, Scottish paranormal guys, and uh, made me a lifetime member, they gave me two spirit boxes, one um, that one of the guys, uh, Jonathan, had made, and another one uh, that another guy had made. So I decided one night to sit down and, you know, give it a whirl. So I'm sitting there with, with it right near where this thing is, I mean, within a couple of feet. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching a game on TV and just, uh, you know, not paying much attention. And I keep asking, is there anybody here with me? Blah, blah, blah. And you, hear, you know how it goes. And, uh, you know, you hear all the static and everything else. I said, really, is there anybody here with me? And I'm watching TV, and I'm not even looking at the thing. And a woman's voice comes through as clear as could be. And I wasn't recording it, which shows you what a dope I am. Oh, no. But it, this woman, what do you mean you know? Trying to no, say, I you said, know I'm a dope? What are you, no. what are you trying to say? No, I said, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I know. I was like, well, you you mean little critter. But anyway, uh, what, you know what it says? It was a woman's voice. And it goes, we are here. And I was like, whoa, now that's <laughs> that's pretty strong. Not just I'm here, but we are here. We are here, and it's right next to where that bloody thing soared with the blood underneath it is. Well, that's how it flew across the room. It took a whole bunch of them. Yeah. It's, well, I have another one, which is really weird. I was down in, uh, in San Diego at a place called the William Heath Davis House. And I was there with this girl who was a friend of mine, Brandy. And we were upstairs, and we were guests of the San Diego Ghost Hunters, which it was all girls at the time. And they were down on the first floor doing a spirit box. Well, Brandy and I started going down there, and she goes, oh, they're doing a spirit box session. Let's just wait on the stairs till they're done. I said, okay. So she was behind me a couple stairs, and I went to sit down. And it was a good thing my big butt was going towards the ground, because if it wasn't, I would have really been in trouble because something shoved me from behind on the stairs. Oh. And and it shoved me so hard that fortunately because I was sitting at my I was already leaning a little forward to sit down. But my face almost hit my knees. That's how hard it shoved me down. And uh I you know, I caught my balance. I didn't go down flying down the stairs, but I was kinda grateful that if they were really gonna shove somebody down the stairs that they picked me because I know how to fall down the stairs. That's what I do. <laughs> you know? Um, oh my gosh! But anyway, Brandy starts screaming when she sees what's happened, and the girls come running around. And we told them what happened. Well, a little bit later, it was time to leave, and I wanted to walk Brandy to her car because downtown San Diego, you know, Saturday night can be sketchy. And besides that, she was really pretty, and she had made cookies for me. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, I, yeah, she's my buddy. Uh, so anyway, I walk her back, and as we're walking, my phone rings, and it's Maritza, the girl who was the head of, you know, San Diego Ghost Hunter. She goes, you have to hear this. And she had a tape, and she goes, okay, who pushed Rick? And it goes, spirits. Oh. And she goes, spirits, and they all started laughing. She goes, spirits, how many spirits pushed Rick? And it goes, five. Oh. And they go, they go, five spirits pushed Rick. And I figured it was just, you know, something that popped in, you know. It made no sense, and it just happened to be the right, you know, right answer or something. And they said, why did five spirits push Rick? And it goes, he's big. Wow. <laughs> so that, that was pretty cool. We were cracking up about that one. I was well, going to ask. Oh. I got gang jumped by some spirits. Can you yeah. believe it? <laughs> Bunch of bullies. 
leave it to you, but I was going to ask you that if, like, because you you're a you're a tall guy. I mean, what you're six five, six four, six four, and, and all of the cuteness and light, everybody. Exactly. <laughs> like you 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 really have that presence. Like I think people in your industry, you know, there's definitely an it factor, and you definitely have the it factor. But I wonder if because most people are not that tall. You have you seem to have a lot of spirits that that mess with you, and I wonder is it because they're like drawn to you because of that it factor? Like, do you think that plays in your size? I mean, it's really well, interesting. Well, well, I don't think it's a size. Um, and I will tell you this: uh, I only have one superpower in the world, and it's the fact that people are really nice to me. Aww. And no, they really are. I mean, people do have done some amazing things for me for no reason. I'm just like, holy crap, this is really cool, <laughs> right? I can't believe this. One lady let me stay in her mother's house for two weeks because my reservations got mixed up in Scotland. I'd never met the woman. Oh, never wow. met her mother. And her mother was going to uh, England for two weeks to visit her sister. And they said, you can use her house. And I said, well, you know, how much does she want? And she goes, oh, well, don't you dare offer her money. She'll get mad. Who who does things like that? Especially for someone they've never met. But that seems to happen to me, you know, stuff like that. Not to that extent, obviously. But, I mean, people are always real nice to me. And like I said, it's my my only superpower. No, it's because you are so nice. It comes back to you. You get what you give. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, these people had never met me. So, I mean, and I asked them, I said, why in the world are you letting me stay at your mother's house? You've never met me. I said, you won't take my money. And she goes, it's very simple. You asked, you know, that you wanted to pay. And you're asking, why would you do this? So we know that you're, you know, a nice person. So I said, well, well okay, thanks. So I ended, we ended up being really good friends with them. You know, I see them every year when I go back. Aww. But what, I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is I think that the same openness I have with people, and I'm really open with people. I mean, I'll anybody I meet, I'm they're my best friend for, for life. Um, I'm the same way with spirits. And I've been on different shows like the George Norrie show and stuff like that, you know, coast to coast AM. And people will always say, if they hear a tape, they'll say, you are the most polite ghost hunter we've ever, ever heard. Do you ever, you know, do you ever try and, you know, get a man? I said, no, never. And they'll say, well, why not? I said, if I came to your house and started calling you names, would you want me to stay? And they said, no. I said, then why do you think they would? And they're like, oh, 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 okay, I guess that makes sense. But I'm very open to them, right? And I'll just go in, and I do things that other people don't do. I will walk in, and I will say, I will describe what I have in my hands and things like that, I, whatever it is. I, I might be talking to somebody from the 1700s. They have no idea what a K2 meter is. They don't know what a voice recorder is. They don't know what a, you know, a video camera is. But I will go in there and say, hi, my name's Rick. I said, you know, I just come in here to see if I could get to talk to you. You know, maybe we can interact a little bit. I said, if you see this thing in my hand, and I hold it up to my face, I said, here, look, this won't hurt you, right? I said, but it's got lights on it. If you come close enough, it'll light up, and we can use it to have yes or no answers, and we can communicate. And I've had some just astounding K2 sessions that I've filmed And, I mean, even people that see it, they're like, holy cow, that is amazing. 
which is cool. I like getting the good stuff. But I, the, the, the answer that's taking way too long to get to is that I really think the fact that I'm very open to letting them in, you know, saying, hey, come, come to me, that not only does it get good spirits to give me some good stuff, that sometimes uh, might let some guys with some bad intentions in. And oh. then I, I have to uh, battle back from that. Unfortunately, I've been able to. Oh, that's I didn't think about that part of. The See, now the guy in the guy at Love Castle. I don't think he had bad intentions. I think you know because I, like I said, I do have an open open personality to that. Matter of fact, uh, one of the guys from Scottish Paranormal for the book on the back he wrote he goes if rick is there spirit is there uh-huh. which i think which i think is about as good as you can say for a ghost hunter i was going to you know? say that kind of sums it right up <laughs> yeah i mean we'll go places and and they'll walk in now so i remember one time we walked into a cave in west Weemus. they were taking me there and there's a girl there named mary Seibold. And I said, uh, Mary Seibold, huh? And they said, yeah, and, uh, but you, you'll never be able to, you know, communicate with her. She, she's very, very, uh, you know, particular, and she's, you know, she's very protective. I said, oh, do you mind if I try? And they said, no, go ahead. So I took the K2 meter out, and I said, hi, my name's Rick, and uh really like to talk to you if you'd like. I said, if you don't, that's okay. You know, I understand you might like privacy. And I said, but my name's Rick. Would you like to talk to me? If you do, just come to this thing. And it goes all five lights, and they look, and they go, does that happen all the time? I said, happens quite a bit. Wow. (laughs) Now they have seen seen it over and over and over again, and that's why they put me in their group in the Hall of Fame thing and the whole bit. But, you know, I don't think it's, you know, people like to say, you know, well, there's this, there's that, there's this. I just think the fact that I'm really more open to the spirits in 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 the best way of saying in a kind way, that they will react more to that. And I, and if other people do it, I think the same thing will happen for them. I don't think I have any superpower other than the fact that people are nice to me. <laughs> That's my only superpower. Matter of fact, one girl that I know, when she saw me on Ghost Adventures, wrote in her magazine that she was crushing on me because I seemed nice. <laughs> Who was that, I wonder? I have no idea, but I think her initials were Courtney Brock. Yes, because you really stood out, and that's the funny thing. Like, there was a lot of star power going on that episode that you were – I mean, you've got Zach and his whole team, and then you and um, Payne. Payne and and R.A., yeah, Leatherface and Jason, and then the the stuntman. And you know what really surprised me? That I was in – I was actually in there quite a bit, and I would not have been upset if I wasn't because the star power is Kane and R.A., I'm the stunt guy, right? <laughs> but but my the star power that I might have is I can really go stunt. And, I mean, I'm not saying they can't, but, I mean, I can really go stunt. You know, I, I will put myself along with anybody, you know, say, let's have a contest. You want to go in? Well, you know, let's see what we get. And so, And I think one of my most favorite stories is when I think it was you and Kane were on set, right, and something happened and – you both ran to the weirdness, and you're like, okay, this guy, was, that was like oh, yeah, one, yeah. Of, one of your first. That's when we started. That, that's when we started. 
that's how it, okay that's that's like one of my favorite stories from you because it's just so funny that it's like what's that well, and, and both of you <laughs> well what was so weird is that you know i had tried to start ghost hunting groups you know because I, I, I my first ghost hunting thing happened in 1966 or something like that and i've been obsessed ever since so that's not last week let's put it this way when i first started ghost hunting we didn't have recorders we had nothing you know yeah you, wow. you had like a polar you had a polaroid camera you know that was pretty much it wow but, um yeah so i'd always look for them but the way i described it when we were on ghost adventures that i was always looking for someone to ghost hunt but when they would hear a noise they would go backwards not what i wanted what i wanted was someone who would go forwards mm-hmm. right i said well kane and i were doing a movie in mansfield prison which is in Ohio. It's where they shot the Shawshank Redemption. You know, it's a very famous place and very, very haunted. So we're walking back. We've already shot for the night. It's like two in the morning and we're way, way in the back, you know, just exploring in the, in the cell blocks, way in the back, all by ourselves. And Kane says to me, he goes, Hey, let's ghost hunt. Now I've known the guy for 37 years. I never knew he was into it. Right. <laughs> right. Just something we never talked about. So, I said, all right. So we started going through. One of, one of the funny things was I went up on the second level, and I'm walking along, and I was totally drawn to this one cell. So I walked in, and I said, Kane, man, there's something with this thing. I said, as soon as you come in here, it feels like someone's crushing your chest. Right? I said, I think somebody got attacked in here or something. And he goes, well, mark it somehow. He says, tomorrow we'll have other people come in. Right now the cells look exactly the same. Right? And I have nothing to mark it with. So I'm like, hmm, what am I going to do? And I look up above the doorway, and there's a, a, an X in a black Sharpie above the doorway, you know, in the frame. And I was like, oh. So I go to the ones on each side. There's no X, just that one. Oh. Right? So other people come over, and they, you know, the next day, and they go in there. And a couple of people said, I didn't tell them what it was. I said, just go in there. And a couple of them come out and said, man, it, it, it's really pressure on your chest. I said, okay, good. So at least they kind of confirmed it. But what was weird was like a, a couple months later, I'm back at home, and Ghost Hunters was on. And I watched it because they were at Mansfield Prison. And they had been there before we were. And Grant says, oh, th- this one cell right here, he says, I feel like my chest is getting squeezed. And he reaches up and he puts a Sharpie over the door. <laughs> so he's actually the one that put the – well, I'm not sure if it was, if it, if it was uh, Grant or Jay, but one of the guys uh, actually – put that Sharpie mark above the door that I found later on, not knowing they'd ever been there or anything else. So that was weird. But oh back my to what you gosh. Asked, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, you know, a validity to the ghost thing. You know, we all found the same cell and there's hundreds of cells, right? But Kane and I are walking. Now you got to understand the whole setup. I mean, this is a very huge prison. I mean, it's, you know, over 150 yards long, you know, where we're looking all the cells are rusted, you know, the bars, and there's paint peeling off. The only real light is coming from, from outside, right? So it's as spooky as it could possibly be. And we're walking along, and I see what looks like a shadow man go in front of us up waved at the other end of the hall, right? And I turn around to tell Kane what I see, and he's gone. And I thought to myself, well, this is great. Even the big scary Jason dude runs away, right? <laughs> And then I, then I hear, like, thump, 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 and I turned back the other way. He'd gone behind me the other way, and he's running down the hallway right towards it. And I went, that's it. 
if I'm going to start a group, this is the first dude that's in. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how it got started. And then we brought in uh, R.A. R.A. likes to say we only brought it in because we needed, you know, some better looking people. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, what a bunch of ham. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We, uh, well, you know, or or he'll say, well, you just want me to, uh, you know, benefit from the megawattage of my superstardom. <laughs> so obviously we do have fun. I mean, there's no doubt about that. You know, that's awesome. I I love I love that story. And I but I guess the thing is, I forget every time that it happened at Mansfield. And actually, um, so that's always a surprise to me again and again because I'm like, oh yeah, that's where he was. And then, um, I, but I didn't know the sharpie. Thing. If you told me that before, I definitely didn't remember. But actually, that sounds totally new. So I was like, "Holy crap!" That's that, and that's the first it's thing in, I thought. I was like, "What?" Now it's in the book. Oh. It's in the book. Okay, so I got. I really just got to now. So this week, I'm finally at the point where the crazy is done. So I'm, I'm going, and I'm going to your. Uh, what, nice. what would you would you call it your hometown? Would I call it what? Would you call Chicago? it Chicago? Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Your that's where I grew so up. going there. So I'm going to read that on the plane. That will be my... By the way, Chicago is possibly the most haunted city in America. It's and people very, don't realize it. it. It could be, right? Because there is a lot, it is a lot of stuff there. Well, there's Bachelor's Grove. There's Resurrection Mary. There's uh, the Eastland uh, boat... It was like an ocean liner kind of thing. Tilted over the Chicago River and drowned 800 people. Uh, John Dillinger was shot to death at the Biograph Theater. Uh, H.H. Holmes was the guy who tortured and murdered everybody at the World's Fair. Um, You know, they have uh, the Hull House, you know, the legend of Hull House and all that scary stuff. That's an actual story from Chicago. So Chicago is very, very haunted. Very haunted. I love it. We got to stay at the, um, we went last, last year, uh, around Christmas time. Um, and we got to stay at the Drake cause I, I wanted to, last year was my, um, the anniversary of the 10 years when I got diagnosed with cancer. So I wanted to create a happy, you know, a, a happy 10 year, like instead of making it, Oh, this is, you know, the time of year when I got diagnosed, I wanted it to be, hey, you know, I've, I've survived 10 years. And so, um, and Wayne. That's because, that's because you're a little tiny badass. That's why. <laughs> hey, dynamite comes with little packages. That's right. <laughs> that is absolutely right. So, so we went and we got to stay there and he, my poor Wayne does not like all of this paranormal stuff and he just, he hates it, but he, he he was very good, and we got it. I didn't have any activity there though, but it was it was really fun to, you know, I was roaming roaming the halls and everything, and he's like, whatever, <laughs> my crazy wife. <laughs> well, Wayne Wayne is pretty cool. I really liked him when I got to meet him. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's he's, he's he's kind of a weirdo, but I like him. <laughs> Anybody walking around with like if a cat in a hat from Dr. Seuss hat while he's walking around is, is all right by me. You know, by the way, not to, not to mention that, you know, your best friend is a skeleton. So, I mean, let's, 
least a full-size version, and then I have Smalls, who's the back of a virgin version, and I <laughs> took him on a cruise with us, and oh, Lord, the, the, luckily it was around October, but um, woo, that gets a lot of, if you want to get people talking, take a skeleton somewhere with you. I never really thought about that, but, you know, maybe if I come bump across a skeleton just laying in the street or anything, I might pick it up. <laughs> you don't need you don't need props. You've got you. If people just want to talk to you because you're you, even if they don't know who you are, they're like, you're an interesting guy. And then you've got, you know, Supernatural fan club going on everywhere you go. Well, you know, it's actually really weird. Um, I have had two girls in the last – a couple of months, both tell me the same thing. They said, you have so much energy coming off of you. She says, it, it, it's awesome. Yeah. Right? I'm like, well, thanks. I said, I am kind of like a tsunami of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I told her to. I said, yeah. I said, I'm like fungus. I, you know, I have to wear you down to get you to, you know, pay attention to me. No. <laughs> you don't have to wear anybody down, people. It's always just such a pleasure to to get – and you are. When you said you're really good with people, you are so good. Like, you would think like a Hollywood type. And, you know, maybe it's because you're a stuntman, but you act too, right? I mean, it's not like – Yes, I do. Actually, somebody asked me at the store not too long ago, they said, you look familiar. Are you an actor? And I said, nope, and I've got film to prove it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Rick answer right there. It's always twisted up in a, you've really got to pay attention with you. (laughs) That is true. That is absolutely true. What? Where did Rick go? Don't worry, this is just the end of part one. If you want to continue listening and hear more of Rick's great stories, tune into part two. The fun continues there. You've been listening to Haunt Johns, a podcast for restless spirits. My name is Courtney Maroc, and it's been my pleasure to be your host and guide for this journey. I snagged the music, Phantom from Space, from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech. If you'd like to continue exploring beyond the podcast, jaunt with me online anytime at hauntjaunts.net. Or if you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to Haunt Jaunts wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also jaunt with me socially on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. You'll find links to all of Haunt Jaunt's social media on the website, as well as a player on the podcast page with all of the episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until our paths cross again, ciao for now.